Well, good morning to everyone who's here in the chapel, and good afternoon, evening to those of you who are with us on Zoom. My name is Amy, and I'm the executive pastor here at Incarnation. And we are in the third week of a sermon series that we've been doing this fall, where we're looking at the issue of power. And so before we get into that, kids, I have a question for you. You might not be people who often feel very powerful, but I'm curious, what do you think of when you think of power? I'm curious what kind of power you think you have, maybe in your family or with your friends or at school. I'm curious what kind of power you would want if you could have more power. Or if you had a superpower, what it might be. How would you use it? What would you do with it? So while I'm going through my sermon, you might want to draw or create something that shows how you would use that power in the world. Now, for the grown-ups, we have seen some really incredible displays of power over this past year. We've seen the destructive power of fire, first in Australia way back in January, and then on our west coast in Beirut, in the world's largest refugee camp in Greece. We've seen the power of water and winds as these devastating storms and floods have come through. We've seen the power of our law enforcement. We've seen the power of collective anger and grief coming out into the streets in protest and lament. And we've seen the power of words and ideas on Twitter, on Facebook, on the front pages of newspapers, on the debate stage, and in the darkest corners of internet chat rooms. And then more than any of that, we have seen the awesome power of this tiny microscopic virus particle to turn our whole world upside down. And so with all this power swirling around us, we have to be people who understand God's power. We have to know what it's like. We have to understand its dimensions. We have to know how it's been given to us and how we wield it wisely. So that's what we've been looking at. And this week, we're going to look at the power of the love of God. And this love power is given to us. We are all, each one of us, loved by God. And each one of us is made to love God and to love his world. But to really understand the power of this love, I want to work backwards a little bit. Last week, Liz preached about God's power in the law. We saw how God is this powerful lawgiver and that his laws are good. They are full of grace and mercy and justice. And then the week before that, Liz preached on God's power in creation. And we saw how God is this incredibly powerful creator, making the universe, setting its boundaries, holding all things together with this massive cosmic beauty. But I have a question. What was God doing before he made the world? Before he was creating? Before he was ruling? Who was God before all that? 
And the answer comes to us in tonight's gospel reading from John. In verse 24, Jesus says to his father, You loved me before the foundation of the world. You loved me before the foundation of the world. So before the foundation of the world, before God ever created or ruled anything, God loved. Before anything was, for all eternity, God was loving his son. At the very center of who he is, God loves. And the passage from 1 John that was read just a few minutes earlier puts this even more bluntly because it tells us that God is love. So before all time, before all things, for all eternity, God is a father loving his son. And that means all of his ways are beautifully fatherly, beautifully loving. There is not a thing that God does or a way that God is that is not love. And this God love has a particular shape to it. It's a love that always gives forth. It's always pouring out. It's always creating. It's always expanding. And in the language of the ancient church, it's a love that's always begetting. And we don't say that word very often anymore, but we use this old word every week in church, right after the sermon in the Nicene Creed. We have that strange phrase that the Son is eternally begotten of the Father. Which just means that throughout all eternity, God is giving himself in love to his Son. And God, through all eternity, is a Son overflowing in the belovedness of his Father. And God is a spirit of love pouring from the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father and out to all of creation. The very being of God is this relationship of love between Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And that is like the white hot engine that has been firing joyfully and making all things in the universe. Every single atom flows from this love. And that includes the atoms in our bodies. We are made in the image of this God who is love. We are made to participate in this love, to receive it, to give it, to live by it. And that's what tonight's gospel passage is talking about. In this passage, Jesus is praying to his Father for us. He's praying that we would get in on the love of the Father, which is where we belong. That we would be one with him, just as he is one with the Father. And then that we would be one with one another, just as we're one with him and he's one with the Father. And out of this big union of love, that we would love the world, that the world would know what God is like, that they would see the love of God clearly on display. This love is giving, it's overflowing, it goes out, it creates, it flows into more and more people. 
Well, last week I was on vacation with my family in Maine, and on our last night there, we walked down to this little cove by the Airbnb that we were renting, the place where we had spent most of our time over the past week. And we went out, it was probably like 10 o'clock at night, but we wanted to make sure that we had pulled the kayaks we rented way up above the high tide line so they didn't float away. And we just wanted to say goodbye to the beach. And so after being down there for a little while, just at the water's edge in the moonlight, skipping rocks and splashing around, we noticed this bright spark in the water. And then after a few seconds, we noticed another one. And then another one, where we could tell this wasn't just the reflection of the moonlight anymore. And then all of a sudden, this little corner of our little cove was just filled with these silvery blue sparkles moving through the water. They were these microscopic bioluminescent creatures called dinoflagellite. I think I'm saying that right. And they would flash with light with any disturbance of the water. So we would see the outline of the schools of fish that came in suddenly streaking with silver and blue light. And we could see when the seaweed was swishing, these blue and white sparkles just trailing behind it. And then we could scoop up the water in our hands and blow on it. And it was like our hands were full of stars. And we were just splashing around, discovering new things with this light, saying, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. And the whole thing actually didn't last very long, maybe like 30 minutes, and then these little dinoflagellate probably got tired of us splashing them and washed back out to sea. But it absolutely overwhelmed me with the love of God. So much that at some point I realized I was crying and I hadn't even noticed. I just kept thinking how God had engineered my entire day, my entire life, and the entire clockwork of the universe so that I would be in this particular place, in this particular time, with these particular people to see something so stunning. And the impulse that we all had in that moment was to share it, to say, look at this, to pull each other into it, to make sure nobody missed it. And that's what we see in this gospel reading. We see Jesus doesn't want us to miss out on the love of God. He wants us to see it in all its awesome power, and he wants it to make it seeable in the world. He wants us to delight in it, to splash around in it, and then to turn around to the world and say, look at this, look at this. So that our love for others is like a signpost that's pointing to God's love. It's saying, look at this. And our world needs this signpost. We need this signpost. We are starving for the powerful love of God. Well, the gospel passage that I read is kind of abstract about this love, which is why I really like that passage from 1 John to go with it. Same author, just different text, because he puts some skin on bones on this love. He makes it embodied and real. 
So I'm going to read those verses from the message translation, which makes it just so wonderfully plain. He says, this is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love one another. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. We see in these words that God's love is freely given. We can't perform or earn our way into it. It's not conditioned on us doing or saying the right things. We are just loved because God is love. And we also see here that Jesus is the flesh and blood picture of God's love. We look at Jesus and see God's love is self-giving. It's costly. It sacrifices. It's a love that stops at nothing, not even death, to bring other people into its reach. It's a love that lays down its rights, lays down its pride, and lays down its life to make sinners and outcasts into beloved sons and daughters. This is the powerful love that God offers to us. This is the powerful love that we offer to the world. This is where our signpost is pointing. But I don't think we have to think for more than like a fraction of a second to come up with all the ways that this has gone tragically wrong in the church and in the world for such a long time. The ways that our love has been more shaped by politics and media, with all of its prejudices, its obsession with rights, its love of control, its toxic us and them divisions. Often that's where our signpost is pointing. It's not pointing to this giving, sacrificial love of God. But we are called to be a community of beloved people, welcoming other people into God's love, even or especially when it costs us. And our loving Father isn't surprised by our failure, and he's not restrained by our failure to do this. He continues to pour his love into us through his Son, and we, the church, are now that son's body in the world. For better or for worse, I can think of maybe better ways of doing this, but we are still God's plan for drawing the world into his love. And so we wield the power of God's love in the simplest of ways. We wield it by lamenting and repenting, of all the ways that we have failed to love. And we have all failed to love. We repent of all the wrong and hurtful and false directions that our signposts have pointed. And then we receive God's love for us afresh because that love is fixed and sure and overflowing 
because God is love. We say to God honestly and humbly, you love me. I am your beloved child. And if those are difficult words for you to say, I invite you to sit with that uncomfortable truth this week, to ask and allow your Father to love you. And then we love with that God-shaped love. We love with that love that is freely offered, that doesn't have to be earned. We love with that love that gives and pours and sacrifices. That love that makes brothers and sisters out of our enemies. And I think the particular challenge for us in this season is to love our political enemies and to love the church whose signposts are crooked and turned around and kind of mangled. Love is costly, but it's what we were made for. And so in just a moment, we'll go into our time of silence. And as we do, I want to close just by reading again those words from John. John, who dared to call himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He said this, This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. Amen.